You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. Ever had somebody walk up to you and say thank you? You had done something special for them or maybe affirm them in a way and, and then they turn to you and say thank, thank, thank you for you. Like, how, how does that make you feel? Well, on the flip side, how does it make you feel when you do something for someone and you don't get a thank you? Yeah. Years ago, I, I remember this like yesterday. My mom, who just a wonderful cook, she's in the kitchen and she's banging the pots and pans. My, my dad, my sister, my brother, my uncle, my aunt, my other uncle and aunt, and my five cousins, they're all in the house waiting for the meal. And she's the only one slaving away in the kitchen. And there's banging of pots and pans. I mean, we had a small house, small kitchen. The banging was going on. But it was louder than most times that she would bang pots and pans. I go, what's going on here? Well, she was banging them in anger. Because my dad kept coming in and asking her when the meal was going to be ready. <laughs> By the way, guys, not a good thing. And he would steal a little bit of, you know, the turkey and a little, little, little bit of the mashed potatoes, put them on his finger. I go, that thing, that's gross, isn't it? Anyway, the big bowl, you know, and he would go in there and he was pressuring her and the clanging of the pots and pans. So we had this little door, like a saloon door that was on some hinges with spring. And I just remember peeking in and watching the two of them go at it. Thank God, the old stereo. Do you remember the old Packard Bell, big stereo, right? With the record player. Uh, 33 and a third was going, and it was playing. Today, they're collector's items, yeah. But anyway, that was going loud enough so the two of them could bicker in there. And she said in her great Italian accent, you never helped me, blah, blah, blah. And he, he was trying to talk to her in uh, Italian and German and English and Yugoslavian because he spoke all these different languages, and it was a melting pot. But all I remember was she had a pot up like this. And she said, and you don't appreciate me. Wow. Yeah. She never got very loud, never very vocal, but boy, I can vividly remember that. Have you ever had a moment where you'd like to raise your potter pan and say, come on, somebody appreciate me? Somebody be thankful for my contribution on the team or my contribution at the school or my contribution out on the base or my contribution in the neighborhood? Or my contribution. Does anybody ever thank me for doing the laundry, the laundry, the laundry? <laughs> huh? I want to show you an ugly word, can I? Here it is. Ugly word. You can't see this, by the way. See, if you're angry, you can look in the mirror. And you, you could see smoke coming out of your ears, right? If you're upset, you can see it. If you've gained weight or lost weight, you can look in the mirror and find that out real quick. If you're honest. If you're, you know, frustrated, I mean, you can see the emotion. But if you're ungrateful, you can't see it. You really can't. And yet it is an ugly word. And the reason it's an ugly word is God has called us throughout the Bible to be people filled with gratitude. To give thanks with a grateful heart. And I would challenge you to, to Google this week just Bible verses that say give thanks and see what Google tells you. They're everywhere. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, I'm going to bless and praise his name. 
Pray continually and give thanks continually. I mean, it's all the time. The Bible is telling us to do this. Now, I have two stories I want to tell you quickly. The first one comes out of Luke chapter 7. And the summary of this story would be that gratefulness fuels our generosity. Because we could tell people to be generous all we want, but it's gratefulness that fuels our generosity. This, this woman in Luke 7 has had a sinful life, and she comes to find out that Jesus is eating at the Pharisee's house, and she brought him an alabaster jar of perfume. I mean, this is very expensive perfume. Some Bibles say it's about a year's wages. Just think about your one-year salary in a bottle. And she's ready to pour this out on the feet of Jesus. Why? Because she recognizes that Jesus has the power to forgive her. And when you recognize how much the Lord has forgiven you or how much he's done for you, you want to stop and give him thanks. But there was a Pharisee who he had invited and saw this happen. And he says, hey, 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 if this guy was really a prophet, he would know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. And Jesus said to him, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You didn't give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't kiss me, which was a normal greeting, kissing on the cheeks. But this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put any oil on my head, which was a normal custom to anoint someone's head with oil from the heat of the sun or even as a form of a blessing. But I tell you that her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. He who has been forgiven little loves little. What, what did she do? She assessed the amount of her sin. She assessed the, the, the package of her sin and how much God had forgiven her. And therefore, she says, man, I'm going to pour out praise to him. I'd like you to write this down if you would. The, the first point is that gratitude is a result of understanding the magnitude of forgiveness and the blessings of God. And, and this is not a sermon coming at you. I'm not preaching at you. This is just a tune-up to make sure we're on the right page. We're just realigning the front end of the car here to make sure we're driving down the right pathway. We're just changing the oil and the filter here to keep us running right. This is preventative maintenance. So I'm not scolding you or saying, you know, you need to be more thankful or more grateful. But, but take a look at your life throughout this message. And even as we fill in this, the next fill in that Forgiven sins never disqualify us from God's presence, but makes us hunger for more of God's presence. The more you know the grace of God, the more you know that he has forgiven you, the more you long to be in his presence. Because why wouldn't you want to go in the presence of God when he's a God who's done so much for you and, and, and blessed you with so much in your life? The other day, I got in my car and, and uh, I drove up to the park, Beatty Park, and parked in a spot where I could see the Lompoc Valley. And I put my arms out this way, and I put my arms out this way, and I said, thank you, God, for the ocean that's to the, to the west of us, and thank you, God, for the, for the grape fields that are to the east of us. I mean, I'm not into wine or anything, but, man, I thank God for agriculture, and thank God for, for things like broccoli and lettuce and some of the flowers that are still left out there. And thank God for all these houses that I can see. This, this isn't Lompton to me. 
This isn't the armpit to me, man. This is, this is, this is Lompocar Valley. And for 31 years, I, I've made this valley my home, and I, I chose to raise my family here and be a part of this church and this great community, this wonderful, awesome community that we have. And I hear people all the time, they want to speak ill of Lompoc. I just say, well, then you can move. All right, well, but it's true. And it's funny how, and, and you young guys remember this, it's funny how people move away from here. They can't wait to get up, but they all come back. They do. And it's good to, good to be back. Now, listen, listen. I was thanking God for all that he had given. And I said, oh, Lord, thank you for Home Depot. Because there was a time it wasn't here. You might, the Home Depot? He's thanking God for Home Depot? I said, yeah, because sometimes I need stuff. And they have stuff. And then there's people I know in our own church that are employed there. They, they, they earn their livelihood from being at Home Depot. And I said, oh, God, thank you for the new restaurants coming into town. That's not bad. Gives you more options, place to spend your money. Don't forget to tithe. But, huh? I said, God, thank you for our, our high schools, both of them, even the one I couldn't see up on the hill, Cabrillo. And thank you for our schools and our school teachers. Thank you, God. Thank you for our police and our fire departments who protect us and, and do things that we don't understand or know. Thank you, God, for those that work at our prison. Thank you, God. Boy, and before I knew it, it was 45 minutes. And as I drove away from the hill, back to the office here, I started to cry, and I thought, God, I'm just so grateful for what you've given me, my wife and my kids and my, and my daughter-in-law and my grandkids, and, and just, God, thank you. Thank you. And when I got in the, the back parking lot here and walked in my office, I started questioning myself, why was I so emotional? And I heard the whisper of the Lord. I really did. It's been a long time since we did that. It's been a long time since we, 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 we did. When was the last time you just put your life on pause and thank God for what he had just done for you? See, I, I find myself, it's easy to grumble. It's easy to, to complain. I don't, maybe you don't have that disease. I do. But I paused long enough to say, God, thank you for the blessings that you have given to me. This woman poured out her heart with gratitude to Jesus. And Jesus said to Simon, hey, what's wrong with you, Simon? You want to judge her, but you don't want to kneel at my feet. You want to judge her, but you don't want to thank me for all that I have done. Now, the next story is Luke 17. Very familiar story. That's why I picked it. And Jesus, in verse 12, uh, was going into a village, and 10 men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. I mean, leprosy is a horrible disease. I won't talk about the open sores and just the, the fact that, according to the biblical law, that you could not engage with people who didn't have leprosy, that you were an outcast outside the city gates, and you had to beg for scraps of food because you couldn't walk into the food pantry of the city and be served. You were an outcast. But they heard Jesus was coming, and they cried out, loud voice, and when Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. This is a, a little parenthetical stop here, because they weren't healed when Jesus said, go to the priest. They were healed as they went. Do you, you, you see that? 
Like uh, the first miracle of Jesus when he turns the water into wine, he says, take, take the water pots and now go to the tables. And as they went, the Bible says, as they went, that's faith. They, 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 they could hear the contents of the pots change from water into wine. And they poured it out. They go, this is really cool. As they went, as they went, they were healed. The Bible is filled with motion. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. You have to move. You can't just sit there and say, all right, Lord, bless me, and I'll bless others. Come on. You have to actually move. You have to go to your neighbor. You have to, you have to stand up. You have to move forward. You have to reach out. You have to bless. You have to give. You... There's movement. And as they went, they were cleansed, and how many of them came back? Come on, one of them. 90% of those that were healed did not come back and say thank you. 90%. Oh, but this one that came back, this one threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. The woman who was forgiven throws herself at Jesus' feet. This Samaritan, who's not supposed to be with a Jew, says, I don't care about ethnicity and culture. I've got to get to the feet of Jesus because I know I'm healed and cleansed because of him. And Jesus said these words. He's dumbfounded. We're not there 10 that were cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, you rise up and go. Your faith has made you whole or made you well. So we can't see ungratefulness in the mirror. You just, you just can't see it. But you see it in the stories of life. I love what Andy Stanley said. He said, Un- unexpressed gratitude communicates, uh, unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude. It communicates, I'm just not going to be thankful. See, you can feel thankful, but never express your thankfulness. You can feel that, well, that was nice. Oh, that was, oh, that was really nice. You can think about it. You can think about thinking about thinking about thanking. Uh, you know, they tell us that you can trick yourself by rehearsing something in your brain over a period of time that you believe you actually did it. Isn't that interesting? Just think about it long enough. Yeah, yeah, you check it off your list, assume that, you know, yeah, if you're going to go work out, I just, I'll think about it. Think about it long enough. Woo, I'm sweating. And uh, you can convince yourself. See, unexpressed gratitude, number two, is actually a form of rejection. So if you convince yourself that you're grateful and you could miss the fact that the banging of the pots is happening, or all of a sudden your laundry appears, clean and folded. Woo, look at that. Well, who did that? Or someone helps your kids at school or... A coach helps your son or your daughter or your grandkids. Or your husband comes in while the pots are banging and asks a dumb question. Because by the way, ladies, men ask dumb questions. I art one, I know. We ask dumb questions like, what's wrong, honey? You know, sweat pouring down. She's got an apron on. It's all covered with flour and gravy. And, you know, she's got hot mitts and one's got a hole in it. And she burned her hand. And, What's wrong, baby? 
Guys, guys, we, we heard it a few weeks ago when Melissa was up here talking about the, um, the block party. He said the best form of flattery is actual help. Boy, I bring, spoken by a woman, I wrote it down, I got it, you know. Hey, Dad, I need 20 bucks. Hey, Dad, I need the car. <laughs> hey, Mom, can you help me with my homework? <laughs> hey, Dad, those new shoes would be, look really good on my feet. Come on. Hey, would you schlep me to sports practice? Would you drive me to the club team I'm on? Would you take me here? Would you help me get into college? Would you pay for my books? And the list goes on and on. Yeah. And we need to stop and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What if we had a community that was known for our gratitude, known for our love first, but then known for our gratitude? See, by not saying thank you, we're actually saying we're entitled. And I know people get really tired of this word entitlement. And entitlement should not be ascribed to a generation or generations. It should be ascribed to all of us because all of us have moments where we feel entitled and we don't say thank you. We're basically saying, well, I deserve that. I was with a friend of mine who recently got a raise. His company gave him a raise, a substantial raise. For five years, you know, he didn't really get anything. But now he got a substantial raise. And so we're having coffee. This guy just got a substantial, let me say it again, substantial raise. And another guy who also works for the same company said, man, we're blessed. And this guy goes, yeah, we were blessed yesterday. But today I found out that this other company just gave a huge raise, huger than our raise. And by him comparing himself to the other company, it diminished his gratitude for what he had been given. I mean, the, the raise was like two weeks old, and he's already grumbling about it. This other guy's like, oh, man, thank God I got a raise. My wife is happy, and if mama's happy, you know, yeah, yeah, she's happy. And the other guy from the same company, there was a third guy I didn't tell you about. The other guy said this. Oh, it, was, it was classic. I'm glad I got a job. I'm glad I got a job. Grateful for my raise. I got a raise, but it ain't enough because this other guy got more. And I thought, wow. And they're all looking at me, three guys. One, just happy to work there. The other, grateful. And the other guy, complaining. They're all looking at me. And the one guy says, so what do you think about that? <laughs> I'm not saying a word, <laughs> which is a miracle for me not to say a word. But I said, I'm not going to even say a word. And I used this bad word, ungrateful. Hey, guys, never find yourself ungrateful. Thank God you have a job. Thank God you got a raise. And thank God that your friends in the other company got more money. Can you thank God for, oh, no, I want more. Huh. But the Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice. See, you like your car. Some of you like your car. But then you're driving down the street in the car. Thank you, Lord, for my car. And the guy in the next lane pulls up with a newer version of your car with no scratches on it. And all of a sudden, this piece of junk, that fast. Oh, God, thank you for my wife. Thank you. Who? Look at her. That fast. Come on. Thank you, God, for my boyfriend. Thank you, God, for my girl. Ooh, look at that one over there. Wow, that's a new model, right? Shiny with a bow on top. 
Hey, the holidays are coming. Come on. Come on. I mean, just that fast. Now, you don't know that she's been all Photoshopped and everything else. But anyway, just that fast. Just that fast. Yeah. So I'm going to encourage you to take really good assessment of what God has done in your life. See, unexpressed gratitude drives the heart out of any relationship. It does. People end up not loving each other enough because, you know, after a couple of years of marriage, if you're married, and if you're not married, take notes. After a couple of years, you, you stop saying thank you for things like, when you're dating, you say, thank you for your text, baby. Heart, heart, heart. Love you, happy face. Love you, emoji. Well, thank you for thanking me, baby. Well, thank you, baby. And then when you see each other, you say, oh, my goodness. Thank you for letting me look at your face. Wow. When God made you, you know, he threw away the mold. Wow. You know, you're more beautiful than the sun setting on the Polynesian Sea or the snow-capped mountains of the Kilimanjaros or the diamond mines of the Incas. Honey, baby, you are it, man. You are, oh, when I see the birds fly in the sky, they got nothing compared to you. Wow. Wow. And later on, happy for you. And later on, uh, you don't say anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. Familiarity breeds contempt. I'm going to say it this way. When you're familiar with something so long, you cease to be grateful. You cease to be grateful. Every morning, I wake up, and I'm trying to find things that I'm grateful for. Every morning. And by the way, if you wake up, there's one right there. Huh? So I want to give you a gratitude checklist real quick. Ask God to expose any material or financial ungratefulness in your life. Wherever God has blessed you materially or financially, ask God to expose any ungratefulness in your life. This is your homework for this week. Do you know if you make more than $40,000 in your household, dual income, $40,000, two, two people making 20, 20 apiece, you're in the one percentile of wage earners in the world. Somebody says, yeah, but you're talking about third world countries. I say, I, I hear that all the time. I just want you to know that if you're in America, you're in the upper 5% of people that have provisions in the entire world, upper 5%. If you make more than 40000 a year through your retirement, through your benefits, through your salary, you are in the one percentile of people in the world. All you have to do is say, God, I am rich. I'm rich, Lord. I could drive down 8th Street, and I've got a plethora of places to eat. Ocean, H. We're going to have another Starbucks here. Come on. Come on. Got new restaurants popping up everywhere. But remember, what did I tell you? Tithe first. Okay. Number two, ask God to expose any relational ungratefulness in your life. Where are there relationships in your life where you have not said thank you enough? Maybe it's grandma who watches your kids or grandpa who watches your kids or gets them to sporting events. Maybe it's a coach. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's a commander. Maybe it's somebody in your unit. Maybe it's somebody in your neighborhood. Where have you not been grateful enough? And by the way, if you're married, gratitude is a marriage safeguard. It will guard your marriage. Because the more you articulate thankfulness, not only bolsters the person's heart, but when you articulate thankfulness, it means that you're paying attention. 
you know? Your wife gets her hair done. Guys, if you don't notice that. Yeah, I, I, I saw some gal in our church. She chopped her hair up and got it colored. And I said, wow, you did your hair. It looks great. She said, Shh, he doesn't even know. I go, what are you doing, man? Pay attention to your wife. You know, if she says something like, do these jeans? Anyway, forget it. Yeah. Uh, never, and if, if you're living at home, uh, never say, my parents don't fill in the blank. But my parents don't do this enough. They don't do that. But my, my, my husband, I wish we were whatever. I wish we had a better job. I wish we had more money. I wish we had a better pastor. Come on, come on. Uh, you know, I wish my husband was, was more inclined to fixing things around the house. Listen, if you're not a fixer of things around the house, you hate when the wife says that to other men. Well, my husband's not as handy as you are. You know how it makes us feel? Lower us, you know. That's why I say go to the Home Depot. They'll help you out, right? Right? I mean, just think of the, the list of things where you could say, there's a deficiency here, or I don't have a girlfriend, or I don't have a boyfriend, or I don't have enough Christian friends, or whatever. Just start thanking God for the ones you have, and that will change you into the person God wants you to be. Gratitude closes a loop in our relationship with God and with others. Let's go back to that story. Jesus says, there, there, there were 10. What happened to the other nine? What happened to the other nine? See, to refuse to pay my debts of gratitude is to live with an inflated view of myself. I'm entitled, and they owe me. And they owe me, and they owe me. And that feeds the lack of gratitude in your life. You have never met a humble person who was not grateful. I've met a lot of arrogant people who are entitled, who feel that way, who have a lack of of gratitude. And then ask God, here's your homework again, ask God to expose any circumstantial ungratefulness in your life. There's an old song that we used to sing around here that said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Every blessing I will turn back to praise. Every blessing I will turn back to praise. Everything that you've done for me, I will turn back to praise how you watch over me, how you watch over our kids, how you take care of us, the freedoms that you allow us to have. Every blessing, I'll turn back to praise. And number three, gratitude is a result of knowing you did not do this by yourself. Now, we have some brilliant people in our church, some right here in this room. You guys are just incredibly talented and smart, but I want you to know where you got your smarts. Don't say from your dad or your mom. I got my smarts from my grandpa. It's in our DNA. Don't say that. That's secondary. Primary is, I got my smarts from God. Because God created this between your ears here. Now, we mess it up, don't we? But he, he created it. And so, I want to thank God for all that he has done. Gratitude is a result of knowing I didn't do this by myself. That's why in Luke 17, 15, and 16, one of them, when he saw he was what? Came back praising God. He looked at his hands and there was no leprosy. He had pure, clean skin. He's no longer going to be an outcast. Now, be before I throw the other nine under the bus, they probably wanted to go back and tell their friends, look, look what happened to me. 
They probably wanted to go show their, the, the people in their village, look, I, I'm allowed to be accepted now because I no longer have leprosy. So I understand that. But even in all your thankfulness towards others, of look, look, look what happened to me. Don't forget the ones you need to thank for where, you're, where you are. Don't forget to, 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 to send a text to people as they come to your mind and say, man, thank you for sponsoring me. Thank you for investing in me. Thank you for giving me that spot on the team. Thank you for coaching me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for seeing me through this. Thank you for letting me get through this time in, in my life. And one of them, when he saw, he was healed. He made an assessment. He came back, and he was praising God with a loud voice, and he threw himself at the feet of Jesus, and what did he do? He thanked him. See, gratitude flows out of an honest assessment. He was healed. He read the note. He sat down at Thanksgiving dinner. He heard the clanging of the pots. And he went in the kitchen and said, can I help you? By the way, thank you. Thank you, because this is the finest tamale I ever ate in my life. Huh? Thank you, the turkey's not dry. Praise the Lord. Huh? And even if it is dry, say, this is the best turkey I ever had in my life. Today. <laughs> huh? A returner is someone willing to go back to those who enabled them to move forward. Now listen, I'm going to talk a few more minutes and we're going to sing a few songs and leave. But I want you to catch this. If you don't catch anything else, get this. A returner is someone willing to go back to those who enable them to move forward, to say, thank you. I'm where I am today because of you. You gave me that spot. You gave me that shot. You offered me that job. You hired me. You gave me that place of ministry and life. You, you opened the door to me. I mean, just think of the people that have helped you and have blessed you along the way. And I've assessed my life and where I am. A returner is someone willing to go back to those who enabled them to move forward. The last little fill-in I want to give to you is that worship to God flows out of a heart willing to stop going forward and go back. Sometimes we've got to push the pause button. I, I've said this before that I kind of have spiritual ADD because I just want to move on to the next thing. Uh, we can go from our harvest party, our family fun block party, three days later to our, our post-game party, and then we can move into Christmas, and before you know it, we're starting to plan for Easter. Hello? And all these things happen. And I told our staff recently, we need to just push the pause button for a moment and not just do a hot wash or a debrief of those events, but we need to stop long enough and say, you know what? Let's thank God for what he's done. Let's thank God for the people who have given generously and who've prayed. Let's thank God for the people that serve. Let's just pause long enough to say, God, thank you for allowing us to do those things that we do. You ever find yourself moving from thing to thing, event to event, class to class, kid to kid, whatever it might be, and not stopping long enough to just say, hey, hey, let's give thanks with a grateful heart. Let's take every blessing and, and, and turn it back to praise. Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.